<laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, this kicks off Colcast episode eight. Uh, I am your host, Logan Evans, a.k.a. Sweet Roll. Uh, and today we have the entire, well, not the entire, we have three people from the Coal Fire One Scanning Services team. Uh, you guys can all introduce yourselves. Sure. I'm getting looked at. You guys can't see it, but it's true. Um, I'm Beck Larson. I'm the director of the Coal Fire One Scan Services team. I'm also known as Blyther. I know I haven't really done anything cool yet, but I just had to get my, my handle secured. It's mine. Um, but that's me. My name is James Cox. I'm the customer service manager for the Coal Fire One Scanning Services team, and I have no cool nickname. Plain oh, green. Oh, yes, you do. Plain <laughs> green. Plain <laughs> Yeah, we just discussed this. And <laughs> I'm Steve Durham, um, and uh, I go by uh, Yog Online for my handle. It's been a long time for doing a lot of things on there. But, yeah, I'm a consultant on the, an ASV on the Coal Fire One Scanning Services team. Sweet. And then... Um, for our dedicated listeners who are clamoring for Nate, uh, he is not here today. Nate moved to Texas, so he will be continuing to be involved with Colcast, but he's just not on this episode. Name. I miss you, Nate. Hi, Nate. I miss you. <laughs> Nate will probably be doing an episode by himself soon with someone else with Coal Fire and not, not me. I won't be there. So that one will sad. be equally sad. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll have a goodbye sad Logan episode. <laughs> So um, I guess tell me a bit about like what you guys do or tell the audience, I guess, a bit about what you guys do, like scanning services. You're not just scanning barcodes in the supermarket. Well, right? like, no, no, we're not, Logan. No, not at all. I'm, I'm actually going to let these two take it and then whatever they <laughs> don't say. The I'll eyebrows are going it. up. Yep. <laughs> all I'm right. At My that. job. I don't know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we do a very specific type of scanning. It's called vulnerability scanning i don't know if you know what a vulnerability is but no i'm I'm joking i'm (laughs) joking uh so yeah we uh we have a scan engine and a whole portal and shindig that uh our customers can come on give us their scope and ip ranges that of targets and things that they want to have uh assessed for at a at a glance basically for uh potential vulnerabilities and and uh vulnerabilities in their systems so the if you've ever worked with a vulnerability scanner before it's like that but uh we also are asv certified from the pci security council and so that means we can do external security scans that are you know for specifically for pci uh compliance but that that takes up a good chunk of things but we still do a lot of typical vulnerability scanning internal and external for other clients james you got any? <laughs> yeah so i guess what i would elaborate on is uh you know we are an asv which means we're an approved scanning vendor um and to be an approved scanning vendor we have to pass a, a rigorous lab that the pci uh puts forth every year for us um and once we pass that lab we you know we throw our scanner at it and make sure we um you know get all the findings and all the checks that they have in there and uh, once we pass that, we get a an attestation. Uh, uh, excuse me. Once we get once we pass that, we uh, that means that we are good to scan other um, clients, scan our clients for uh, PCI compliance, and we're able to provide them with an attestation of scan compliance, which proves their PCI compliance. 
And you guys just did that recently, right? That was like uh, um, later this or earlier. Four this months week? ago, I think. Yeah, yeah June. June's oh, when wow. we typically do it. I know it feels like yesterday, right? How'd it go? Because <laughs> this year you guys like were automating a lot of it, right? Thanks to Mr. Steve doing the sweet <laughs> Splunk skills. Yeah, so last year was my first time helping out with it and after, shortly after joining the team. And uh, I think it took a like it took us a while. We had to ask for an extension to get that one done. Uh, but this year, I had a much better plan of attack, and uh, Beck actually said, nope, you're the one commanding it this year. So, you know, I wrapped it <laughs> early. Delegation, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wrapped it on time this this year, and I think, what was that, the first time we've ever wrapped it on time? It's so, literally the first time in the history that I've been at Coal Fire for a little over five years and handling the ASV program for us that we've actually turned in reporting on time. Because be prior to Steve and his amazing splunkiness, it was me manually combining a gross of reports, and each report would be anywhere from 3 to 20 pages long. So I would have to manually go through the results. And Now, let me side note this. Um, James mentioned that we would throw our scanner at the at the lab every year. It's partially true. We would throw our, and this is totally by the books PCI, we would throw our scanning solution at the lab. So our solution can include um, up to anything that we deem necessary as an ASV. So if we needed to validate results, we might use burp. If we needed to validate other results, we might use manual methods. So it's an Easter egg hunt. We find all the eggs. We report on all the eggs. But it used to be me doing it manually, which ended up being literally a three to four week period of my life of the year, every year, um, doing nothing but reporting, eating, sleeping, not really showering, honestly, because I would be working from home on this. And then just, I mean, it would be 18 hours a day for, I mean, literally three weeks straight, no weekends, no nothing. And then I'd turn it in and we'd pass magically, which was fantastic. Now that we have you and Splunk and I'm pointing at Steve, not James, I'm pointing at Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, this this year was the first year where I honestly didn't lose any sleep over it. I had full faith in you, and you did amazing. Yeah, Steve was awesome. Yeah, yeah. nice. Seriously, Steve maybe, really helped the team out. Maybe next year I'll be able to do it without losing any sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> You've maybe got a year. You guys can just automate it to where it's like it just runs automatically, right? Level that up that be, automation every year. That's just, just, just a button. Goal. Press a button. The problem yeah. is, is they change the labs. It's the same targets every year, but they change it ever so slightly. They'll change like mm-hmm. the uh, the root address of where a certain file is, is kept, and instead of like fifty A's in a row, it might be fifty B's. Mm-hmm. So if you utilize previous reporting, which you should not do, and we do not do here at Coal Fire because we are on the up and up. Correct. Correct. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we, uh, you've got to actually run the scans and be diligent and make sure that everything finishes and, oh my God, web spidering and, oh, that's a mess every year, but it's fun. It's also really fun. And yeah, it's 20, you were part of our lab yeah. a couple years ago. What did you think of it, Logan? It was more than I expected. Like I heard it was going to be 24 hours and I thought I'd hop in and it'd be a fun little 24 hours, but you know, that's like 24 <laughs> hours of work. You're working. Yeah. yeah it's, so. it's a grueling like day and then for me it's like that's just the beginning because then it's two weeks of okay now i've got to compile all of this and i think we've been turning in like you were saying like 30 40 pages when you were doing it i think we've been turning in the past two years like 150 plus oh no for the pages total for when i was doing manually it was like 2500 pages okay 30 40 pages per report yeah and then of course you have to go through and like dedupe it and then also take like the Nessus results and say oh okay so uh, you know whatever was discovered that whatever could be whatever plus over here it depends on the reporting and then you have to like it's just 
it's insane. So yeah. thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Steve. <laughs> so uh, besides like the ASV stuff, uh, you guys also have a customer base, right? That you engage with, and you said you're the engagement something around. Yeah, that? customer service manager. Customer That's right. Manager. So so basically, um, the the main bulk of my job is uh, handling you know renewals because you know with with uh, ASV scans, this is something that you have to do on a quarterly basis. You have to turn in a passing uh, scan of uh, attestation scan compliance. So this is something that you have to renew every year through us. So our subscription lasts uh, a year. Um, so every year I'm, I'm reaching out to clients and uh, renewing their services. And what I also do is I'm kind of the, the initial point of contact for new clients. Um, you know, I'll reach out to them, give them a demo. Uh, if they decide to go with us, I'll, you know, send onboarding information, set them up in our, our portal and just basically make sure everything's good to go uh, and kick them off and get, get them going. So nice. And then you guys also have like Marco, Travis. I mean, how big is the team total? And Erica. And so Erica, yeah, okay. we're, uh, you've got half of the team here. So okay. there's oh, so six, six total. total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including nice. me. Yeah. I still count. Yeah, we have that. <laughs> I'm counting you. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Travis Travis Finn's out in Portland and Erica Woods is in uh Vegas and then Marco Brown is up in uh Fort Collins, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are fully so remote, down. every single yeah. like all five yes. of the people that report to you. Yep, correct. Yeah. I mean I live up the street from the Seattle office, but it's, eh. you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you work remote, it's like, it doesn't matter if yeah. I'm close to you. I'm, I'm staying home. And I know I, James and I live pretty close to each other, but it's like, meh. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're remote buddies. now, right? I'm Ish. kind of remote. Like, I have to come in for cold cast, obviously. I have to come in for, like, cold gives. I do a lot of the, like, uh, side hustle stuff within coal fire that I have to come in for. But, like, with my job, yeah, remote. You've helped with Rise nice. before, too. And on behalf of Rise, thank you again. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. Like, sure. Rise, Cole Gives. Like, are you involved with the, like, clubs and stuff? Like, I know you do Rise. Yes. And I will tell you, um, company-wise and, and just personal-wise, right? So I am super busy. I have two little boys. I um, have a lot going on at home. I also have a ton of hobbies. I keep myself busy constantly. for, And it's, it's awesome. Work-wise, though, work consumes a lot of my day. The reason why I allow that to happen though is because I enjoy it for for like the vast majority of it. I enjoy it. So with with coal fire specifically, I am I am dedicated to rise. I have been um, on the board and as a co chair though for three years, and I've offered up my seat just because I think there needs to be a rotation. There needs to be fresh ideas. Nobody's really stepped forward yet, and I'm going to continue to help support it in any way I can. But I, it's complete. So if anybody's listening and they're in coal fire and they would like to step up and take my seat, by all means, please have it. Um, and I'll, I'll show you exactly how much work is required to do this thing. It's a lot of fun, though. Um, on a personal level, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things just to promote uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, and I, I said that, you guys can't see me, in air quotes, um, because diversity, define it, and inclusion, define it, are at odds with each other. But that's not a bad thing, necessarily. It gets people to talk. It gets people to think about um, how we can relate to each other better so that we can understand each other. If we can't communicate, we, we can't do anything. So on the side, I'm working with a couple of just friends of mine, personal friends. Last night, I went up to uh, HackCU, and I helped uh, some college kids go through some interviewing skills. I have a funny f- story for you later. That's not it's it's outside of the the, the realm of this podcast, <laughs> but it, but it's pretty amusing just helping people how to sort out how to interview and do it well. Um, 
I'm also just involved with uh, uh, Mark Carney actually asked me to host a diversity inclusion event at Black Hat, which I did. And it was pretty successful. We created a safe enough space where like emotions were free and relevant and prominent. And honestly, it was it wasn't bad. Um, I won't use the same terminology that Steve used in describing it afterwards, but with the limited amount of time and budget that I was given, I would consider it to be successful. It's only going to get better from there. Um, And tonight, we actually have a follow-up dinner at Pete's Kitchen in uh, Denver, Colorado, and I sent it out to the whole group to eat some green chili with me and talk about what our next steps could possibly be. Because I feel that, and I've seen that, being uh, one of the minorities in this field, I'm one of like 9%, right? And even for leadership, I'm one of like 7%, considering my gender. Um, We're all having the same types of discussions, but it's like 300 of the same discussions going on at the same time. But there's no way to network those discussions so that we can all have it on on a bigger stage. And then there's like the Diana Initiative and Defend, oh, there's a DefendCon up in Seattle. Uh, Laura told me about that. It's all these really cool things, but if we could somehow figure out a way to network that so that it's all on the same platform, the same stage, I think it would have a broader voice, and then people could start talking about the same things at the same times. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it just because I, I think it's important. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily Coal Fire sponsored or Coal Fire endorsed, but I do it because in my just my own personal opinion, trying to make the world a better place, which is why I got into security in the first place. It's important to me, so that's what I do. That's James, awesome. all you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm not a member of too many, uh, you know, coal fire clubs like that. I'm actually uh, a new member of the Coal Fire English Club, which I wasn't able to make it out to the first event, but it's, I don't, for those of you who don't know, it's the it's the fishing club here at Coal Fire. Oh, you're a fisher? Yeah. Wow. No, I love it. I, I definitely want to make it to the next one whenever that is. Uh, I've done some cold gift stuff. Um, I'm actually I have a four-month-old, so I'm trying to get my, my footing in, in the parenting realm right now before I start committing my time elsewhere. But uh, I, I wish I could be on Beck's level. She does so much for tons of clubs and gives her time. So Something you don't that sleep, I do strive dude. to do. Have another I baby. I don't sleep, no. And then you'll get used to not yeah. sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Are you gonna pass it off to me now? Yeah. Oh well, cool. Um, Here you go. So <laughs> the talking uh, ball. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I haven't actually participated in a whole lot of extracurricular activities for with coal fire. Um, but I, uh, I'm a pretty avid uh, Halloween. Uh, person and I have won many awards for in the Seattle and Bellevue office for best Halloween costume, which I plan to try and reclaim this later this month. Um, and uh, but uh, I also just found out that the Bellevue office is, runs a, a, a coal fired D and D group. After oh, hours. for real? Yeah, for real. And guess what? They're running it tonight, so I'm missing it. For this podcast oh thank you yeah thank you, you for better, your service you dude. better feel <laughs> feel the love do you play a lot of D or is it something you're starting to get into because they're doing it at bellevue no i mean i've done it like since high school but it's been a long time since i've and it's really hard to find a good group it you is know? like and i've moved around a lot and i moved to, to seattle like five years ago and i haven't like built up a good friend base to <laughs> to do uh, do D on my own uh so i just play magic <laughs> but um uh yeah outside of that I, yeah i do some uh some hunting vulnerability hunting on hacker one occasionally and uh 
actually for a lot of what I do like in the turn in the capacity of my job um like I end up hunting down vulnerabilities like old vulnerabilities and that stuff that keeps cropping up on our our client scans and I'm just like that's a peculiar one why is that still like showing up or whatever and I end up I've got one or two that I've written to the NIST NVD uh the National Vulnerability Database and Meter is like, yo guys, your description on this really sucks. We should probably change the CBSS. Oh, score. you say it nicer than that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm much more diplomatic. Needs yes. improvement. Needs improvement. <laughs> uh, it's very inaccurate and and uh, too vague of a definition for for it to be appropriate. So we need that's to good though. Tighten but... that tighten that up. Yeah, because a lot of the CVSS scores are just not not the best (laughs) well and they like never update them either like i mean um and that's one of the weird things about like the asv program guide is they only want us using the base score for the cbss uh scoring and but i think we need to like in some scenarios add the temporal scores in for like instance there's a 2003 you know 16 year old vulnerability that keeps cropping up on on our customer scans and the temporal score on it would have would reduce it from its like 4.1 or whatever where it actually is uh something that our customers need to dispute with us to about a 1.7 can you just just sorry i know logan you're the question guy but i have to interject can you explain the 4.1 to a 2.7 because i think a lot of people that might be listening to this may not understand the one to ten score and why it's important for especially ASV and compliance scans. The yeah. question guy approves that question. <laughs> the thank question you. Guy approves thank, that you question. thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I don't have my phone out to describe what CVSS stands for. It's like Common Vulnerability Scoring System. Oh, I mean, Dude, you know, right right had it in. Yeah, yeah. Cool. He's, look, he's uh, looking at his know, phone right it's now. It's like yeah, I don't yeah. have my phone. But. <laughs> Uh, no, I've just I can do this stuff in my sleep now. Um, no, That's scary. Uh, <laughs> That's scary. That's so a warning the, sign. the CVSS score uh, is how we uh, look at a particular risk of a vulnerability, and in PCI terms, um, uh, and specifically for ASV scans, uh, anything that is medium or high uh, vulnerability risk is something that needs to be addressed and needs to be either uh, resolved in the network and and their systems or needs to be disputed in some way. Uh, so those that, those levels are uh, low is 0 to 3.9, and medium is 4.0 to 6.9, and then high is 7.0 to 10. And uh, so basically anything that's above a 4.0 needs to be addressed by the by the scan customer and that can be addressed by you know them resolve like applying a patch or an update to the system so that the vulnerability actually goes away that you know if it actually exists in their system um what's probably more common is uh in a lot of enterprise systems especially on linux do what's called backporting of the patches so uh our scanner will see uh, a certain version of Apache that looks really old. So it will throw six or seven Apache vulnerabilities or something like that. that that's a bit extreme. It's usually like two uh, vulnerabilities that that uh, fit the description and are vulnerable to that particular 
version. However, they've installed a backported patch from the vendor, typically like Red Hat or Ubuntu, and uh, they give us a you know a screenshot saying, "No, nope, this is what we've got installed on our system. It's Apache two point two dot four e." dash 10 whatever like a bunch of release numbers that uh, until you like get into that whole ecosystem make no sense whatsoever um, <laughs> but then we validate that against the vendor the vendor usually publishes uh, some kind of uh, security advisory re- regarding to those vulnerabilities and says yeah we fixed that in this patch or this update and so we can compare and be like okay they definitely installed a backported patch, so this is definitely a false positive. So <clears throat> what you're saying, Steve, is per the PCI ASV guidelines that we are supposed to remotely test everything that we possibly can test as far as disputes are concerned above a 4.0, we actually do that on this team. Oh, yeah. No, Yay. definitely. Thank, and you. Even for, Thank you. Am I managing things? this right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Steve, hey. can you approve me, please? <laughs> Man, I wish I had more deodorant today. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Even I put on more deodorant after I got off the airplane. Come on. Uh, (laughs) And thank you for flying in, by the way, too. I had to catch a bus at 3 a.m. my time, so it was 4 a.m. here. Oh, my gosh. But uh, that's because that's how Seattle works. It's like I'm literally a two-hour bus ride from to the airport. So, and my flight boarded at 5.30, so I had to be there super early. That's just how exciting Colcast is. That's totally exactly right. oh Hop on a bus totally at 3 a.m. Yes. I gotta get the Colcast ASAP. Beck totally <laughs> didn't promise me booze and, and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no such thing with the booze. It's However, all about the it's, cast. it's all you. But I did say green chili, so come on now. I, I guess. <laughs> Are you guys eating chili and stuff after Mexico? Oh my god. Well, I actually didn't have That's chili fine. in Mexico. You didn't have any? No, I had some awesome fish tacos. Yeah. But I didn't have any Chef chili, tacos. really. Yeah, I want to talk about Mexico a bit. If you guys are no, I'm down. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, Cancun was great, and we can totally like circle back to like what we do. No. I'm yeah. sure. Questions, well, guys. Says, Logan, sorry. Once Logan. the questions asked, it's time to move Logan on. Evans. Yeah. <laughs> he has no, spoken. This is how if, it we, goes. if we have stuff to, you guys want to finish talking about like QSA I, stuff. I have one thing, um, just on the on the vulnerability disputes and stuff because we do test all these vulnerabilities and things. It's a little hard to test what's installed on a customer system mm-hmm. like i was just giving an example of um but like last year uh tls 1.0 uh version 1.0 was basically stamped out and completely banned by the pci council which a couple of years too late but that's how slow <laughs> i mean that's that's business and 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 how things work yeah. in in the pci world merchants are a little slower than than other things well and th- um, well, can i can I interject with there yeah. having worked for a giant credit card processor in my past um, it's understandable that they're that slow. Yeah. If you've got anywhere between 200,000 and 500,000 endpoints to update, oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to take more than no, two years, huge. and it's and money plus, and it's time. Plus, so. like, all the mom and pops who have an old, outdated system, right. like, and they, you know, they've had it for 10 years, and they don't want to buy a new well, one. Well, and they also don't whatever. understand it, and they also are like, eh, what's the chance? Yeah. Then that's a horrible yeah, thought, but however. Who's going to hack me? But, you know, right, like, the, the what council, are you going to do, hack me? The security council made a risk assessment yes. and, and then put their foot down and said, okay, now here's the end date. So, but that's, uh, TLS 1.0 is something that comes up pretty regularly as well still from our from our customers. Um, and but, internally, too. We have internally. debates about TLS 1.0 all the time. All the time. Um, but like that one's a really one that we actually 
do test ourselves. You know, we load up Nmap and uh, run it against the target and go, okay, or Sweet 32 with uh, uh, the CBC ciphers and stuff like that. That's another fun one. See, this is why I wanted it not because I am managing it correctly. Holy crap. It's because I wanted to point out that we're actually doing it right. I will tell you what, when we partnered up with Rapid7 a few years back as as their ASV partner and we've been using Nexpo's for over 10 years, we've been using Metasploit for over 10 years. I mean, this is like public knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want to be a part of the ASV program because it's complicated. There's yeah. a lot of skeletons and a lot of closets. Oh, yeah. I will tell you what is when I stepped on board here over five years ago, it, I, I, you can hear it in my voice and you, <laughs> you can see me. I'm clenching my the fist pain. like, yes, the pain, the pain. And also like the effort. And also I'm smiling about it too. Like I feel really proud of it. I've, I've done a good job shepherding and heralding this program and kept us out of remediation for the last half decade. And it's because we're doing it by the book. Yeah. And I pride myself on that. Granted, it is up to open to interpretation at some things. However, I will tell you what, the amount of people that I know in and outside of Coal Fire and within my security community, we are doing things above and and beyond the rest. I guarantee you we are within the top five contenders in this market. And if we could just get some buy-in and (laughs) some support... We could own the scans market to the tune of at least six times what we're doing now. And I mean, it kind of helps that your team has an XQSA on it, right? Right, you know? right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask hard. you about that, your QSA stuff. Who's the person to talk to about getting a PCI requirement updated ASAP? Um, you know the guy at the top? What kind of answer do you want? <laughs> do you want like a quick, succinct, like uh, no BS answer? Or do you want to go way into the weeds but also have a fascinating conversation? I mostly just want to gripe about a specific PCI requirement. Come to me then. Which one? Which one? The, the <laughs> passwords. The seven uh, characters no, yeah. alphanumeric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They actually test us on that, that every one... year too. It's BS. That's and that so one, And it has a loophole <laughs> in it too because you can uh, – it's like – I forget what the specific requirement is. Can't be the same as your last four passwords or like six passwords or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I've done <laughs> done the whole DSS, but uh, yeah, I mean, you just change the password, change the password, change the password, oh, and then yeah. you've got you know however many times it is that you're supposed to change it, and so then you're back to it, and you're still technically PCI compliant. Is that a development issue then? And then that security should be baked into a development process from the get-go? I mean, it's probably something that it's pretty minor. Um, the request for comments on uh, PCI DSS 4.0 is coming up, I think, in November. Um, and that might be something I, I throw out there. Because that's that's one that that's a loophole, like a quote-unquote legal PCI loophole that you could do. And it's... But it's absurd. And there's other password requirement things that we can go on and on about, uh, you know, how, how the password requirements of PCI DSS. But, um, you know, they're just trying to be as generic and hit the, the baseline of people. Which so. is what compliance is all about, right? Yeah, Let's right? have a yeah. baseline that people have to follow yeah. so that people actually have to check a box so that we have half a compliant effort yeah, made, right? Compliance is completely different than best practice. Oh, totally. Like, Security is different from compliance, too. Like, compliance should be at or maybe just below the baseline level of what it should be. <laughs> and then best practices should be several steps above what, you know, base That's level. That's a good segue into what Logan wanted to talk about. Yeah. Let's go into, like, 
baseline compliance or and like all the loopholes. Did Logan want to well, talk about this? It, you brought it up. You brought it up. But you were like, let's talk about Mexico. And then I was like, wait a second, one more thing. Bex and then you said one more thing. Mind reader. I well, your face said it. I just <laughs> you saw it in my eyes. I, I wanted did. to talk about let's Mexico. Talk about Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah what do you want to talk about? Because oh my god, so many things happened in Mexico. Yeah, Amazing. Mexico was really fun. The trip was so much fun. I think. I, so when we were planning on doing video, I was thinking we might like cut in some video, like the hexacon videos that Eric made, um, just to which were great, by the way. So yeah. Good. Oh my yeah. god, the baby floating in the pool. Oh, like, your oh, kid is so cute. <laughs> Actually, like I did some of that stuff when I was like doing youth camps and stuff back in the day. That's it's hard work to like run out there, grab a bunch of video, and then come back and just like, okay, now I got to spend my afternoon chopping this up so we can have something for the evening. Wait, are you talking about the baby or the video? Chopping the baby, baby, baby obviously. Yeah. I'm a, okay, your new yeah. nickname is Solomon, and you're still plain cream. All right, keep going. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you're right though that, that it's like underappreciated because when I saw you doing like phone camera footage in the pool, someone else saw it and they were like, "Is that guy really recording everything right now?" Like not knowing what you were doing or whatever. <laughs> I feel and like then, we should give him a microphone. Yeah, Eric needs a microphone, so we're not just talking at him. Okay. <laughs> I'll just dub it in. Well, because everybody was like, "What's he doing?" And then they all saw it at the end. They were like, "Oh my god!" Aww. Like everybody, everybody that I saw that I talked to about that video at the end was like, "That was sweet." Yeah. Because yeah. it was the same day. Like, yeah, turnaround it was, was very fast. quick. Turnaround. Look at him blush. <laughs> yeah. I can't Here's see it underneath Eric. all the face hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> Eric has a werewolf uh, and glasses. So, it's, maybe the tip of his nose might get red, and that. Well, look, he's got uh, the brim of his hand down. Now he's embarrassed. There we go. <laughs> what else did you want to talk about in Mexico? I wanted to talk about you guys' talk. That oh, was pretty man. cool. Oh, yeah, I think one, you already briefly mentioned. You know, it, though, what would be right? really like, cool is if we could talk about the talk, and then I, I would actually like to start with James and your reaction. The talk because I think reaction? you were there. Well, I'd like to hear your perspective on it, honestly. You know what I thought? I, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it was that good. I, I <laughs> died, we had to resuscitate him. I thought it was it was a very thought provoking talk. Um, the, the coolest part about the talk was the dialogue that it created afterward. Yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. had a good hour. There were a we lot a of people hour. speaking up, asking questions. Um, I think it was very eye opening too because you can kind of get I don't know. You, you you can you can think of you can think of something from from one side, and then you know Beck came up and and she gave she gave her talk about what she experienced at uh, Black Hat DefCon. Um, and I think that really opened a lot of people's eyes. And it, like I said, it, it created a lot of questions, created dialogue. It was pretty long long conversation after the, no, the presentation. That was it? really yeah. good because I think like I mean even. Just speaking for the material I brought to that talk, I was like, I was done in like five minutes. <laughs> Dude, but you had like, okay, so from my perspective, from the Beck perspective and the social engineering part, awesome, right? But I, oh, I, I've i been in management now, like full-on management, directorship, whatever, for beyond five years. I've lost a lot of my technical edge, which I severely miss. So when you did your stuff with the, the Raspberry Pis and every time we met to like yeah. prepare for Black Hat DEF CON and gather all the data... Like, I didn't talk a lot because I was so fascinated by what we were putting together. So We should probably, like, actually say what, what our talk was on. Oh, okay, yeah, go on. Do you remember no. the title? <laughs> do you remember the title? Because you made fun of the title because it was they so long. It's and so like, long. Right? TV software. It was like... It was like, oh, honey, don't worry your pretty little head, honeypotting hackers, and bra- harassment behavior at Black Hat DefCon 2019. There that you was go. a hell of a title, yeah, too. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, honey, don't worry your... Do you know, actually, I have literally been told that. 
I bet. Uh, several times. Oh, uh, honey. Several, uh, several times <laughs> honey. in my life. Honey. Oh, honey. Don't worry your Come on, gal. Come, Come on, sweet cheeks. Come on. Don't worry about nothing. I'm six feet tall. You call me sweet cheeks, I'm going to sit on you. <laughs> oh, no. and, I mean, actually, <laughs> funnily enough, aren't, aren't uh, Beck's giving that talk again? Um, I am, hopefully. At uh, what, the Women in Cybersecurity it's, Conference? I, the women in Cybersecurity. It's like, this is part of the side note. Part of the problem I have with all the women's groups and all the diversity groups, we have all these wacky acronyms. Wixis, wax, wix. I know, but it just we're just adding to the, the noise, era. man. Like, just, the W's, acronyms. All the W's, all the six. I blame like the nineteen yeah. forties and fifties army and DOD because that's where it all like just spills out from. Oh um, yeah, recursive acronyms. Like yeah, acronym that- the, the whole premise of this talk was to, and I totally want to hear James's perspective because we didn't actually prep the team at all. We just worked together. Oh, for real? No, yeah, no, it was just Beck and I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, nice. I, well, we get, and we both have like our own life experiences, and we both have our own backgrounds and whatnot. Um, but I, I, the whole thesis was uh, it came out one of our side conversations. Like I don't think. The whole media yeah. has it pegged as far as like hackers are concerned to be like these basement dwelling black hoodie, yeah, whatever. Because what no. they are today is like computer science students that mm-hmm. realized that it was a hot field and they were like, all right, I'm gonna make a switch, and then they're like, I'm gonna drop out, and yep, you know, like that's yeah. at least that's who I am, and that's what a lot of my coworkers are is like people that it, it's almost like businessmen nowadays. Like yeah. it's yeah, no black. I was like, this is the first time I ever went to Black Hat, and because I'd I'd gone to DefCon in the past. And, uh, man, Black Hat was, like, corp life to the extreme. Oh, totally. Like, it was just, it was a trade show. It's an important trade show because people go there to actually get viable training. Mm-hmm. Coalfire has been there for the last nine years, I think, doing our Capture the Flag. And it's it, it's basically Capture the Flag, but it's adaptive pen testing course. Yeah. The, our instructors are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone who does it, I'm actually literally sitting in the soup kitchen because we got kicked out of the... Uh, mucky muck Dakin boardroom also <laughs> cheers to Rick Dakin you are missed and loved uh, but like we were sitting in the soup kitchen and it's freaking great because there's no cameras in here so you don't know what we're, we're wearing you don't know if we're all in like jumpsuits and we're like ready to like jump out of the fourth story window and like parachute down to the ground right we are in jumpsuits we are <laughs> orange jumpsuits like you were saying diversity and inclusion are kind of at odds but Coalfire seems to have it sort of figured out. Like, there's a lot of inclusion. They just, if you want to make a club, they'll let you make a club. Like, coal, like Swolfire is happening. Swolfire. The Anglers. Uh, I'm trying to get Coal Fight started. So it's like a fight club for Coalfire. You do like Ooh. Oh my God, can I join? What? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Like, mixed Seriously? martial arts for Coalfire. Coal Fight Club. What, what, yeah, what's the, the first rule of Coal Fight? Yeah. You don't talk about Coal Fight. <laughs> okay, so it's, I guess I kind so of So how can you actually make yeah, a club? Original. It's already gone. <laughs> Well, I mean, but those rules were meant to be broken. That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah, yeah break them exactly. with your fists. Which <laughs> is... Fight the rules. <laughs> and it, like, figure eights back to diversity and inclusion. Rules are meant to be broken, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're the most diverse group We are. Coal Fire. Also, I don't know how many management folks are listening, but my team has zero attrition. I, You know what? That's, all, that's actually back to our diverse team and, like, our team in general is, like, we... I, yes, I'm a director or whatever... Um, but these are my colleagues. 
Like, I'm not, I mean, I am above you on the hierarchy for HR paperwork and just stuff. Just a reminder. J- yeah, just. But I mean, but, because, <laughs> well, because I have to sign your paycheck, I mean, proverbially. And also, like, James we have reviews. James, you have to. I, James, salesman of the freaking year, got a bigger bonus than I did this year. I will tell you oh, what. I'm not nice. even kidding. This kid is awesome. No big deal. That's that sales money, you know. And he's like, hey, by the way, can I be like the dedicated sales guy for sale? I'm like, would you? Would yeah. you? Are you liking it? Would you it? please? Yeah. No, it, it, it's cool. I, I really like being able to reach out to customers, talk to customers. Um, it's just nice. Nice talking to people because, you know, kind of working remote sometimes gets a little lonely. Yeah. You're just kind of hanging out in your, your home you office. Your nobody's home. I mean, I've Stop got well it. acquainted with my cat because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's the only person. <laughs> yeah, your best friend is your pet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you, like, in a more technical role at one point, right? Like, and you switched to sales, or were you always kind of doing this? I was basically always kind of doing this. Uh, just onboarding clients and, you know, client interfacing roles. Um, yeah, I mean, on this team. But before this, I was actually, uh, I was. this is my first uh, security company, first security job, so... But you're rocking it, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Thank the you. fact that you could know what the difference between an AOC versus an AOSC is, which I know it's a small, it's an acronym-wise, it's, it's just an S. It's an S. But <laughs> it's a big S. It's a freaking big S. When you are talking to your acquirer or your bank, that S matters, and you know the difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like 350 requirements versus one requirement. And I will tell you, <laughs> too. Wait, oh, well, wow. well, yeah, the AOC is, uh, you know, all the entirety of the DS, the PCI DSS. And our AOSC, <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's it's great. It's very important, but it, it basically yeah, represents uh, requirement 11.2.1 <laughs> or 2.2, actually. Okay, so uh, the, the boon and the detriment of of our team with a XQSA audit is he knows everything to, like, the nth degree. And I've read the DSS unfortunately several times it's like reading the bible like Whoa. all the deriv- derivations several times over and it's he's like but wait a, wait a second according to this version slash version from the 1800s and if you minus this part <laughs> in his culture and it's version two and by the way when it's written in this language it says this and i'm like i get it i understand and you're correct technically <laughs> however it doesn't matter because we're asvs we're not qsa's and I love you for that. I honestly do. This because is the King like, James it, version of this. Oh, and this, yes. King I mean, James. Who else can you bring on a, and also with you. on a call and be like... And also with you. Can we can we kneel and stand up uh, now? I mean, who else can you bring on a call with a client and be I like... I know. You know, actually, requirement 6.1 says you should probably be keeping track of this stuff yourself and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, well, no, and then that's the beauty of ASV, face. right? Yeah, yeah, you guys seem to have, like, fantastic rapport for it group that's entirely remote i know yeah. right we are amazing and it's because like honestly i uh, can i say it can i say it we love each other oh take that out <laughs> <laughs> scratch that from the record no that's good though and we that's, do that's something i really wanted to ask about because like i think labs as a whole and i mean just like workplaces as a whole can learn something from you guys like you, you guys like Thanks. despite having yeah like a fully remote team every time i've seen you all together as a group you guys all seem to like know each other really well and have like inside jokes and you know like you yeah, know a wink wink nudge thing. nudge yeah. yeah like do you guys have I, I saw you have a fuse chat I mean is that kind of it you could just we keep have in fuse, touch in there we have all day? slack a we, little we bit have, uh, I, I think the biggest thing James, yeah, that, that plays Talk. into that is uh, you know we have a daily meeting um, that we call the trust nest oh um, yeah, yeah so it, it's just we share out our cameras and we just get together and talk about. 
you know what our what our days look like uh, any anything any pressing matters that's when these debates happen um but yeah that that's something that bet came up with and that's that really plays into what you're talking about that's the camaraderie genius. every single day what for like an hour or it's, it's scheduled for an hour, hour. Yeah. a lot of days quicker. it goes for what 20 30 minutes but yeah. some days it goes for two hours yeah, and it, some, it is yeah. needed for two hours because yeah. there are pressing issues we have either vulnerabilities that come up zero days that come up we have issues where we're trying to figure out between you and me as far as how do we handle this most succinctly and most easily i'm always like the water down the mountain kind of side. As long as we're not violating anything and we're not doing anything that cause, causes us to spend money extraneously. And then you are like, no, F it. We'll spend the money. We'll do the thing. <laughs> Let's just do it right. But I there mean, are many you know, vol- vol- uh, variations of right. It's not like we're launching a, pro- a new product or anything, a new platform. And oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. We haven't even talked about do. that. Holy shit. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> Lighthouse Junior. Light, well, well that's one. Oh, this is a different like, thing? Oh, no, boy. I mean, that's another that's one. Light. That, light. That's oh, honey. Oh, honey. Don't, don't worry your pretty little hut about, like, our product names. Stay in your lane, sweet roll. Uh, <laughs> Sugar roll. Sugar roll. <laughs> We're going from uh, our old scanning platform to a completely new one that's been been built out for, what, like, the past year and a half? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been a journey, you know? Like, and every time there's, like something comes up and you know we end up having to spend two hours going is this exactly the product behavior we want it to have is this kosher with pci and asv rules is the you know and so those are discussions that go on and on and on we still have like a huge laundry list of things to to work on improve and so to take that and tailor it back to what logan was wondering about and like how we are so cohesive but we are so spread out I think the reason is, is because we hear each other out. We literally look each other at least once a day. We still fight and we still have totally. like, like, I definitely cross the line occasionally, but I always circle back to the Every person I've wronged. I'm like, dude, come on. I'm so sorry about that. Or like, you know, it, it, we all work really well together, especially because we're so open, open and honest with each other. And we just, we kind of have to because we're remote because otherwise. Well, and also our job calls it us. Yeah. Like we have to tell, okay, how I'm interpreting this vulnerability today actually affects our program and it actually affects our clients. I think it's great. Think? And I, I agree with you that, you know, when it comes to uh, teams in the past, this is definitely the most uh, family feel. And Steve, Steve's spot on when he says, you know, we can, sit there and you know kind of disagree with each other and be cordial though you know it doesn't it doesn't get ugly and we could talk to each other on the it side it gets rough I, I, though it gets rough yeah. it gets rough but it's just like any other disagreement like everybody's making sure that we're all on the same page and then we're all better because of it so yeah that, it is nice to practice like hard discussions and it's nice to practice arguments when you're in a safe environment what's your title like would you Hefe would director. you be a chief, or would you be like a queen, or would you Hefe. be like a sorceress? Oh, actually, Sor- literally, sorceress? Yeah. just sorceress of scans is literally what I've listed on as the PCI DSS. Oh, no. oh I'm so not you weren't joking kidding. when you said sorceress. No, yeah. I, I I'm literally listed as Trade sorceress part. of yeah. scans. That's, yeah. so, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> it is, but my God, I pigeonhole myself to the point of no redemption. Like, yeah. I am the scans queen. Just learn more magic. Yeah, okay. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself with scans. Pigeonhole yourself with sorcery. You can branch off. Oh, so I can. I think he's onto something. Yeah. So I need napalm. 
what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And then just make it to where you can use that napalm for scan-related things. That won't happen. Luke! Luke McComey, help me out. How do I t- take <laughs> scans and napalm and put them together? <laughs> Oh, that was actually Luke's one of presentation my was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all have to go to his Fourth of July right. show. I, yes. Yeah, please, dude. That was so cool. Luke, can we get VIP tickets to your Fourth of July show? Yeah, Luke was on Colcast. So we're like super tight now. No big deal or anything. But... <laughs> hey, yeah. I took my kids up there to his place. Yes, for real. Yes, for real. Did and my my up? little two and three. So I have a two and a half year old right now, and three and a half year old at the time. Still basically about the same age. And we went up there, and it was awesome. And, like, this entire, like, herd. That's not a herd. What's a flock of giant birds? Terrifying. A terrifying gaggle of giant murder my kids birds came out. (laughs) And, like, walked right in front of my car. And I literally, like, ran down the wooden steps with my kids because they were like, this is so cool, Mommy. Let's go hug them. And I'm like, no. And I, like, sweep them up and, like, Put them in my giant arms, and I'm like, no, come up. <laughs> Not giant, like long arms. Beck like, has I, nine foot arms. I do. I have like <laughs> yeah. a nine foot wingspan. Well, okay. So in addition to the like sweet stuff about him blowing up fireworks and all that, like I really liked his talk in terms of the excitement that it caused. Like it sort of like reinvigorated the people that were watching. At least I yeah. felt reinvigorated. It was I like agree. you know what. I know it can be boring sometimes doing the same thing every day, like scans, pen tests, whatever. You're on the same app, like client app for a month. Yeah, I get it. You're bored. But at the same time, change your perspective. Like you're hacking. You're doing a really cool job hacking and making millions of dollars for your company. Like sort of take a step back and look at it from a different angle. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Question man. All right. So do you guys ever get bored? Yeah, absolutely. Especially like when you're on clients that have a more um, robust security program, I would say. Because when you get those clients that are like the mom and pops, right, that are doing the bare minimum PCI compliance that have the seven character alphanumeric passwords, it's easy work. And like you get to hack in and be like, look, I got all the coupon codes to get cupcakes or whatever. Like it's fun and it's easy. (laughs) But when you're on the big names, right, like your Fortune 10 companies, you're not getting that. You're you're hammering away at like a really secure application that's behaving in a way that you don't understand for a week. And when I say behaving in a way you don't understand, I mean like it's using some backend stuff to decipher encrypted JSON payload. Like you don't know. You don't have the encryption key. So literally everything whoops. Everything you see when you're trying to analyze this traffic is encrypted and you don't know what it is. So it's a week of just staring at a wall is what it feels like. So yeah, I definitely get bored sometimes. But what Luke's talk did to me was that like now those periods where I'm bored, instead of being like, I'm bored, this sucks. I'll say I'm bored. What else can I be doing to multitask? So I started cert- uh, studying for a new certification. Um, I started like trying to prepare more for Colcast. Like what are you doing after? What's, after your, what's your next cert? The, oh, uh, AWS solutions architect uh, associate is the first cert. And then the professional one after that. That's really actually, cool. Why, yeah, are you, yeah. why are you involved in the cloud? What are you so, doing? Uh, for a while, I was wanting to like stay off the AWS team because it seemed, well, I guess I probably can't talk about th- this. You probably yeah. could, but you can cut it we out. Have it's that, fine. This we have work that fun. we do for AWS. I think I can talk about that. Yeah. So um, it sounds really hard is the big reason I wanted to stay away from it because it sounds like you have to really know what you're doing. Um, but I was like, wait, I 
I've gotten certified before. Like it's easy to just learn a new thing. You just have to like put some work into it. For some reason, I feel like you might know something about this, Steve. Tarot cards. A friend of mine gave me a tarot reading last week, and they have uh, cats on the tarot cards, and like death is a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's fun. <laughs> well, so the reason I bring up the tarot Delayed. cards thing is because uh, it's the whole thing is like you're the fool right and then eventually you get the world so like you just have to accept whenever you want to do something new whenever you're feeling stupid you're a fool you just got to like put in the work right work your way up you'll be but the also, king and then you'll the get fool the world is wise right yeah yeah the fool's wisdom because uh god it's like the emperor has no clothes type thing yeah i can't remember what the oh there's god, like a philosophical the policy yeah. or concept yeah, yeah, literally so, as a that, woman that's doing, her go-to uh, all, right, yeah. all right oh you right. bring this up often oh yes I oh do. hell yeah, yeah. Nice. oh all right segue back to actual like cool cast stuff there two talks at hexacon from you a talk at hexacon from you James, what are you doing, dude? I was just listening. Why don't you man. start? Uh, hey, you know what talk I liked? Swedish fish. <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna say it? That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> it was a good talk. It worked out great. The video worked. Everything was perfect. Every, yeah, the demo. No, yeah, but seriously, yeah. the Dan McInerney talk on uh, the 3D it. printer was awesome. Yeah. Did they like say they were gonna blow it up soon? More or less. Oh my god. I can't <laughs> I can't wait. I've been following that project for like the last six months now that they've been working on it. Yeah. And it sounds like they might be blowing something up pretty quick. I mean, we know Luke has the means to blow stuff up, so maybe they yes, just need does. to sync up. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that. What about uh, like Marco, Eric, uh, Travis? I mean, I didn't see Travis at Hexacon at all or Erica. I'm well, really they had to proud keep that you down the floor, know my you know? team's names. There's only six of them. Thank you, though. <laughs> what, what's your perception <laughs> of vulnerability scans from, like, Nobody outside looking scans. in? Well, so... You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, outside looking in, I feel like it seems like an interesting team to be a part of. Like I said, like, uh, everybody... I think everybody feels the same way I do about you guys having, like, a very interesting, unique culture. Like, it seems like you guys all get along really well, know each other really well. You get your work done. But at the same time, it seems like less satisfying pen testing, personally. Like, I personally oh, wouldn't want to do it. I, I can actually really speak to that um, because last year, uh, at, after I joined the ASV team, um, I was kind of offered a position as a pen tester, and I turned it down. And I'll, the reason why I wanted to stay on this team rather than do you know the rock star work that that's what that's what i think you guys are you guys are rock stars you guys are out there breaking into things and you're doing all the cool stuff um was i kind of enjoy the pacing that i have over on the asv level and it's like i don't have to take anything home yeah (laughs) i don't have uh because i was previously a qsa and in the payments team and the uh, ERC team before Dirk retired was um, it was stressful, man. Like going engagement to engagement and uh, flying all over the place and and uh, you know trying to put in as many hours to get the rock done or or the SAQ done for the client and going over all their evidences and stuff. Like that was really stressful, um, and I needed. Uh, Personally, I needed something a little more relaxed and still technical. And the QSA work wasn't technical enough for me, uh, but the ASV work is. You know, like I like I said, I get to like 
research vulnerabilities and go f- go fight the big dogs. I mean, I just get to do more research and development kind of stuff. I get to do project work to help like build out the, the new portal. Yeah. Um, and at least the uh, the level of um, you know stress at the end of the day has really helped me in my home life and a few other things. So uh, not having to worry about each engagement. I've talked to a couple of pen testers who were just like, even in, in Cancun, they were like, I am just so happy I'm not like have, have an engagement in the back of my head right now while we're here on this, you know, work retreat. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, that's just, I, I enjoy the speed right. for right now. Well, so that's kind of the, the thing that makes me want to stick with what I'm doing because like what like you were saying scanning is still a technical job and you've done a ton of cool stuff with Splunk like you still have to have technical skills but for me the the rockstar part of pen testing is what keeps me in like it's so cool to like when someone you don't know asks about what do you do for a job it's like oh well you know no big deal or anything but I like kind of hack into companies all the time and like you yeah. know like it's it's fun to like brag about and the fishing stuff is super fun. And Beck, you helped me out on a, a pen testing, like oh, fishing yeah, we thing. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. It was crazy fun. That was fun. so fun. That yeah. was so fun. A girl voice just works magic when you're trying to convince people to do stuff over a phone call. Hello, microphone. See? Is that good? So you were yeah. like social engineering? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, so I sent out an email to a bunch of people. Uh, it was actually like a long term social engineering engagement with this company. So we did three sets of social engineering gigs, three fishes and three pretext calls. So I sent out the emails and Beck followed up with the phone calls. And when I sent out the emails, it was 50 emails and 15 phone calls each time, 50 emails, 15 calls. And the first time, I think it was like a 5% response or something. And then after Beck did the calls, it went up to like 20%. So you, you- what's up, what's up, <laughs> you, you what's up? up <laughs> what's up anyway you, you, <laughs> when you did the calls it was five percent no when i did the emails it was five oh, percent i can't do the phone calls i don't have See, it in that, me. so that was gonna be my I question can. is what what's the difference between like say if you did the phone calls oh, and then beck would do the phone if calls. i did the phone calls if you've, ever, if you've ever done that i've done the phone calls a few times uh and every single time i'm hello uh i'm um mr it guy and uh like right. i just get super nervous right. what what is your name that you use when you uh it changes but usually like peter <laughs> <laughs> but becky, becky anderson killed it becky anderson like i did yeah she took it That's from awesome. like super low response rate i mean the last one so of the three social engineering engagements Two were just trying to get people's passwords. The third one was trying to get them to run an Excel macro. And that Excel macro, the example that I gave just like enumerated some information about their machine, like the patch level and the host name and their user account and all that, and just sent it back to a server. But, you know, it could be a virus, right? It could be like a malicious Excel macro that gets you a shell on the person's computer. Uh, I sent 50 emails. I got two, I think, two people to run it out of 50. And then Becky called, and it ended up being like seven, I think. So, I mean, and she only did, again, 15 calls compared to my 50 emails and took it up Jeez. two and a half times what? the response rate. You should do on-site social engineering sometime. I know. Probably, I know if actually... I was a guy walking into a building and I saw a pregnant lady that was like, can you hold the door, please? I, oh, Absolutely. Man. Weber's asked before about doing like a live cold cast. We actually talked about doing a cold cast from Black Hat. 
and a cold cast from Hexacon, and a cold cast from Wild West Hack we and Fest. We can do that. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, Wild West awesome. Hack and Fest sounds just pretty let chill. Me Get a cowboy hat and come on. Well, just, <laughs> when just, is Wild just West Hack and Fest? Like next week, I think. Yeah, it's like. It's so, coming up fast. Have you guys ever been before? Is that, uh, is that in the Black Hills? I have been invited. I, no I declined their invite. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce is selling a ticket, I think. If if you guys want to hop on that, I don't know if it's sold. Is everyone staying? Derby Con's uh, out, Steve. Sorry. Is no, I know. I know it is. I, <laughs> I follow all the great people on, online. I Trevor forget. So so there was talk from I think it was Travis about using Coal Fire One scanning services as like a ramp into pen test. Like people would join the CF One team, or you guys' team, and then within like nine months or a year or whatever, move to pen test, and then new people would join Coal Fire One team, move up. Yeah. Like. Um, Correct. Off of that. Yeah, so it yes. seems like a great way to ramp into pen testing if you wanted to. Correct. This is why I, when I was given my opportunity in my leadership role, say, hey, do you want to join payments or do you want to join labs? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. We can't join payments. We cannot be part of payments. Is that like a PCI rule? It like is. The yeah, I'm not sure if where it's written down or if, even if it is written down, but like QSAs cannot have a preferred scan vendor uh so like when i was on right doing qsa work i could give options for for something that like say they needed an ids or you know or an ips or something or a firewall i i could list off things but i couldn't say you know go purchase a palo alto firewall or something like that you know like that's just then I'm using my position as a QSA to sell something, and uh, that's not what. So QSAs couldn't be like, especially coal fire QSAs can just be like, well, you should buy coal fire scans. I mean, that's that's the sales department's job, um, and and pro- project managers and and other people, but QSAs need to be impartial. Yeah, and I mean, it only makes sense, like natural progression-wise. You know, the difference between a pen test and a and a vulnerability scan, right? So, in theory, the pen test is taking those vulnerabilities and exploiting them, right? So, you know, we're just kind of finding the vulnerabilities and stopping there. But like Steve said, you know, in this role, make sure that you understand uh, the vulnerabilities, what they affect, and go on to pen testing and exploit those. Those yeah, especially like when um, a customer comes in with a dispute for a vulnerability and they say, well, we've got compensating controls in place. And it's like, okay, the does all of this stuff that they've listed off um, and provided evidences for, is that actually something that reduces the risk of this vulnerability in the environment? Um, uh, probably a good example is Suite 32 in TLS um, there's a, a like a sweet spot haha, a range <laughs> of amount of data that um, is kind of necessary in order to make that exploit work for decrypting it and so a lot of people if they don't have a, a direct answer and they still need to support those ciphers uh, have the connection reset before it reaches one gigabyte Recently, uh, earlier this year, there was a bunch of there was a host of uh, OpenSSH vulnerabilities, um, and you know sometimes it takes time for the software vendor to catch up and patch those. Sometimes those those vulnerabilities are so low on the priority list that 
um, the software vendor just goes, eh, we're not going to worry about it. We'll just wait until the next revision or whatever. And But that doesn't help the merchant who has, um, you know, has to resolve that, uh, you know, now CVSS 7.2 vulnerabilities showing up on their scans. So, uh, you know, for example, the, the host of uh, OpenSSH vulnerabilities that occurred earlier this year were all uh, SSH SCP client vulnerabilities connecting to a malicious server. And a lot of people using SSH in their environments weren't using it to also connect to another server. So they're just like, no, it's just a server. It's not going to be a client ever. And that's a decent compensating control. It's not uh, the best, but, you know, eventually Red Hat and other people get around to patching that vulnerability and backporting it. And then the, then our merchant can be like, oh, no, now it's false positive because we've got it patched. So, but they're, does exist periods of time where you know software vulnerabilities exist on their scans and they and the merchant has no direct way of patching it out hmm. makes sense yeah like you can't really do much about an o day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly like something that comes out like that day or and our uh database is updated twice a week once a week once a week nice. from uh from rapid seven so we're pretty up to date on the latest vulnerabilities um, and sometimes that can catch people off guard, but that's also additionally why we have our team that can under- read these vulnerabilities, go to, go to NIST and, and meter and, uh, research up on it or exploit DB sometimes and figure out what, what the vulnerability is. And occasionally, I mean, I've done it on more than one occasion where I've written up, you know, okay, so this is what the vulnerability is. These are kind of the pathways and avenues that you should look into protecting uh, and send, send this whole write off off to our customer. When people come to you and they say, my environment is complicated, what do you want to do with that? Oh, so they don't they don't know what. There you go. Like yeah. just, the, Where? They need there help you go. from sales yep. on Yeah, for sure. How of ASV works. That actually happens a lot. You, you would actually... <laughs> Quite a lot. You, you would be surprised at the number of people who need to be uh, PCI compliant and they don't have any idea. And then they figure out and then they come to me or come to us and they say, hey, I need ASV scans. What exactly does that mean? So then we talk about scoping and then that's when I get Steve or Beck on the call to just kind of be, be there in the background to speak to technical questions that, that come up that you know, may... I may not know, but essentially when it comes to scoping and Steve, Steve was the one that taught me this. The, the main question is for ASV, um, does it store process transmit, transmit, transmit or, or affect, affect the security, security thereof? There you go. <laughs> oh, there you the go. Same and, and that, that last part is what really trips people up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Beck's also heading out to Dublin next week. Yeah, yeah, oh, in God. Australia. Next, next, next week is I in. Hope. Oh, Australia is still a maybe. Uh, it's probably a no. Oh, James. <laughs> what about James. you guys? Anything coming up you want to plug or? I'm boring. Yeah, we're, <laughs> you're not boring. I mean, if this if this is coming out November first, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. Oh yeah, yes. and uh, 
I will obviously have all the medals from the the Bellevue office because I I wore the best costume and everything. What's your plan this year for a costume? I can't. Well, I guess I could. Re- I, no, I, it, I, it won't I be until after the fact. I, I don't actually have a, a costume plan just yet. Aww. But uh, no, I mean I've gone as a pirate captain. I've done like this really cool zombie biohazard uh, stuff before. I think I've only. Oh, and I've. I did. Uh, I think my favorite was going as Father Coalfire, and <laughs> yeah, uh, I took. I a, actually send that photo out. I have. I had a, a a priest like uh, rock jacket or whatever on, and and uh, I took this like orange band to put around my orange choker around Aww. my neck, so I looked like you know kind of the Catholic priest thing, and uh, slicked my hair back, and I think it was just after Mark Lucas had given out the like coal fire handbook or whatever for like security procedures and i walked around thumping it like a bible awesome but <laughs> well, more awful and you don't work out of that office normally right so you just well, show up randomly and are like i'm gonna destroy your competition that yeah, you guys no, are all I mean, gonna that's, have together that's, that's basically what happens well i mean like uh i was originally hired by mark lucas and i worked out of the seattle office for a time and then uh just kind of transferred into being remote but, uh, you know, the first two years while I was working out of that office, I was bringing the heat for the Halloween competitions. So, you know, I just decided, you know, since I'm working remote, I'll just crash the party every, every year. That is bring, too cool. Bring it in. Keep the, keep the competition level high. You know, that <laughs> way the, the standards for Halloween, it's got to be up there, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hopefully by the time this comes out, you will have one and... Yeah, that'd be sweet. I we'll want to see, see pictures for whatever you decide. To oh do yeah, this year. no, Adriana takes tons of pictures. That's 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 the best part of it. So nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, assuming nobody else has anything they want to bring up, I guess that's probably going to wrap it for Colcast episode eight. But yeah, thank you guys for coming. It's been fun. You do. Thanks yeah, for having yeah. us. Thanks, Logan. This has been really fun. Sweet. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>